This podcast is and will always be about celebrating our culture. So, joke is joke, but first things must always come first because priorities is priorities. And today we're here to celebrate the life of the great Winston Henry, the explainer. I think if you had to describe the explainer, the messenger, you'd have to call you the uncrowned king. That was probably the most fitting title that you, you won well, or shared. Well, I thank you very much because um, I will accept that title because I think every man is a king in his own right because of what he's doing. And whether he's crowned or he's dubbed or whatever. But I really appreciate that title, the uncrowned king. song is from 1982. Most of the people listening here are born when this song was a hit. And how fresh and nice it's songing. Up to today, the man name is Explainer, the messenger. And you, could, you will struggle to find a next song as vivid as this. My mind is made up. Airport Kennedy would be my next stop. Baby, then you could come and join me in 
somebody woman boy Welcome to episode 100, and I think it's 118 of the Curry Shepherd Podcast. Listen, this podcast is not too much explaining today because it's about explainer. The messenger, as I said, when you listen to his songs, including Lauren, it's hard to find somebody who could paint a picture as vivid as the songs that he sings. We will get through some of them today. You know? But I wanna I wanna I wanna just make sure we know who the man is, the legend that is explainer. The man's biggest song. The biggest line in the biggest song is Don't Cry I'm Leaving, you know. So we can't cry. I just last week I was talking to my mother about going to explain her concert next month, November this year. And the last thing I was telling her is, nah boy, we had to go to that concert. I had to get to talk to him. That's somebody I had to talk to. And boy, well, listen, when 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 they don't knock, they don't knock. <laughs> I don't think anybody expected this so they threw the whole fraternity into mourning but people who might might not been around or might or might not appreciate them for more than just Lauren. you get a lesson here the great dominica lipa said right winston explainer henry had a 53 year calypso uh career as a calypsonian he was best known for Lauren in 82 rasmus in 81 and kickson in parliament in 1979 he was a highly po- he was highly popular with the public who dubbed him the messenger for addressing the ills of society and the plight of the poor his albums are often a mix of social commentary and risque part, risque or party tunes. Guys, one of the things that make the man greater, because he find a way to sing party songs and social commentary, and in a lot of ways, in some of these songs, the pace he used to sing them at and the, the way he would deliver the song, he was partying to some social commentary with some of these songs, and I will go through some of them. He joined the Mighty Sparrows Original Brigade in 1975, singing his first popular song, Man and Wages. Followed by Mr. African in 1976, which got him into the national semi-finals. In 77, Caribbean integration took him to his first national finals, after which he made it to 10 to the national finals 10 times. That's the monarch we're talking about, right? He might have the record for the person who made the most consecutive uh, monarchs, eh? from 77 all the way to... Well, if you say 10 times is 87, I thought it would have been 84, but if Dominica Lippes had say 77 and 10 times... It's 10 times, right? His 1977 hit, Them With Dread, may well be considered as the first Raga Soka song. Another dimension of the man, when you listen to his music, they have a strong reggae influence, a strong level of consciousness in the way he delivers his, uh, in the way he writes and delivers his songs. Uh, so, giving him the title as the first Raga Soka artist, and it might be the reason you would have seen so many collaborations with him with artists, uh, who we might know better, you know what I mean? Some of the younger artists, I will get to that. Explainer hit the big time in the 80s when he turned, it, turned to ace producer Rolston Charles at the famous Charlie's Records in Brooklyn, New York to produce classics such as Rasmus and the Immortal Lauren. Lauren gained some attention, some international attention, making the British charts at position number 35 when it was released in 1982. Last July, BBC News' Ross Atkins featured it on BBC's Radio 6 Music's Summer Sound Clash. 
Explainers stopped competing in, the, in, 80, in 98 and went on to perform in Europe, North America, South America, and throughout the Caribbean. If you look up his discography, this man have albums. The among the albums he would have produced. To run his appeal, he did collaborations with soca artists such as Bungie Garland, uh, Jojo, Blacks, I remember MX Prime, Farmer Nappy, Nelly Kotoy. Uh, he also continued to compose for several performers such as Ronda Donovan, Lady Adana, Lady Melody, Queen Victoria, Twiggy, and Joan Foster. Last attached to the Kaiso House Tent, Explainer was the recipient of the Hummingbird Gold Medal in 2018 for his contribution to Calypso. If you're listening to this podcast, you know how I feel about these things, right? Hummingbird Gold. He died today at October 7th. Uh, to, to give credit for where Dominic Kalipasad got it, he says a video extract from Tuko Vintage Concert 2010. Uh, and uh, I want to give credit to Alvin Daniel as well. If you remember Calypso Showcase, <laughs> I want to say that a lot of times when I had to find information for this podcast, a lot of it has come from when Steel Talks. If, I, if I'm not giving credit, I want to give some credit now, right? I try to give credit every time I find it. But when Steel Talks, uh, Alvin Daniel, Calypso Showcase, you, you get good nuggets from him talking to the artist, and he's there with most of the Calypsonians that we know. Uh, my mother and father always call Omari Ashby as a post this week. It's uh, so grateful when I could reach out to people to get information as powerful as this. There are some songs that he sang as, as, a, as a messenger, a revolutionary. One in particular, which I will play, is called Not Me and the Monarchy, right? And he never win the Calypso Monarch. So if you hear Alvin Daniel telling him, you know, you are the, you're the king without a crown. You're the people's king, but you never get crown. And he said, you'll accept that. As he said, every man is a king in their own right. And one of the things about that song, Not Me and the Monarchy, I believe that would be 80 or 81. And that was before Lorena. Eh? He was really protesting about the idea that scouting for talent, well, scouting for talent was Holly B. Do you remember Holly B? He was protesting that the prize money for scouting for talent was actually bigger than the prize money for the Calypso Monarch. So the song, Not Me and the Monarchy, was really saying that basically, I, I, what, is my, what is the point of me fighting up with the Monarch, monarch uh, title? What is the point of fighting up with that when Holly B, scouting for talent, was winning a vehicle worth about $45,000 according to him? And the Monarch at the time was getting $3,000. Now, <laughs> think about that for a second, right? $3,000 means... Men like Duke who win four times get a total of $12,000. And he talking about $3,000 in, in the late 70s, eh? coming up to 1980. So I, I couldn't imagine that the prize money was so small. So a lot of the artists now who are walking away, I salute my boy Snakey again, walking away $200,000 last week for the um, Jubilee Monarch. I could never get that right, you know. The, the, the Calypso Monarch thing that had to do with the um, independence now. <laughs> Glad for him at $200,000 to win for that. And we saw, we just seen the Calypso Monarch price go as high as a million dollars, I believe. Uh, and, and, and several vehicles given away over the years. You had to thank somebody like Explainer for that, for coming up and talking about it. And saying basically, hey, I don't, why, why are you talking about this song when this song here to play? Ladies and gentlemen, the man and the moment you've all been waiting for, the... Explainer! This one's talking about social commentary, but here vibes and tempo in his song. This is the crown of thorns. 
A message to the Canada Development Committee. Yes. Every day people telling me, I chose the monarchy, the wrong song. I choose to sing, that song Stalin come to win. I said, don't be angry, that crown means nothing to me. That is a crown of funds, it kills the Calypsonian. I tell them, yes, that is the problem. Why do you monarchy and live in a shanty? Not me and the monarchy, not me. You see, it's coating with holiday. Value more than the monarchy, not me and the monarchy, not me. I know the king and Calypso does be treated like a puppy show. Yes. Financially, the queen of Better Village just smiled. She way across the stage. Yep. She's given a Toyota to drive straight out of the savannah. I tell them that, that is the problem. If they believe in, well, continue singing. Not me and the monarchy, not me. You see, scouting with Molly B. Value more than the monarchy, not me and the monarchy, not me. I can't stop this night in. In music number. Treated like a puppy show. 
greatness of the man. So we have, we have plenty to thank him for and to celebrate for just to celebrate his life and to thank him for singing songs like these because Sissons that year and he, they say he takes some flack right all this coming from alvin daniel interview from calypso showcase they say he takes some flack and they're telling him how um he saying not he any monarchy but he in the calypso monarch competition and he sang a last verse that said yes me and the monarchy but the point he was trying to make is that his rise up against his, or his resistance against the idea of a the monarch the king of the carnival being treated so poorly in terms of the prize money his, his way of resisting the and singing this song led to Sisson stepping in and giving $25,000 for the first prize for the Calypso Monarch. Now, that little interview teach me a lot about why Marshall could get the Hummingbird goal. I don't want to beat this over and over and, and sound like a broken record, but if the Calypso Monarch had to move from three, if, if the Calypso Monarch only gets $3,000 and then somebody, a private entity, had to step in to, put, to make it $25,000 in what would be the golden era of Calypso, then something, something ain't right, something not right. And it shows that at the end of the day, we really don't value who we have. But some early influences on explainer life, according to him, were uh, artists like Superior Valentino, Prowler, Relator. You know, some of the greats in the art form. And you could hear it in the composition of his music, not just the lyrics. I want you to listen to his songs to how simple the lyrics are. Go back and listen to Lorraine. As I say, it's a piece of artwork, Lorraine, isn't it? And I, I, when they were talking about him being on BBC, a clip, salute my boy Zola had sent me a clip last week from BBC. I frightened to play it because I pulled down from YouTube business, right? Once you touch BBC and them thing, you know what I mean? You're gone. But the, the guy was saying that he he, he, he bounced up or came across this song from Explain and when he checked the history of the song and so on, he, he had it down as one of the great compositions in music in any genre. I think it easily is. If you had to choose some of the greatest calypsos of all time, I remember playing this Lorraine for independence talking about uh, i was trying to say that independence is not just about nation building songs it's about songs that make you feel very trinbegonian and i think lorraine is just one of those songs that any trini could relate to that what's again for trini who living out in the cold salute to everybody who living in germany and who's listening to this from london and canada and new york and all over the states and texas you know what i mean and you know texas cold or it hot wherever it is it's not trinidad right and I could, I know what it feels like from being abroad for a little while when you know mass playing in Trinidad and you had to work. I remember being in Jamaica, which is nothing compared to being in, in, in Germany and these places. And just missing the essence of carnival. And I remember getting up to go to work in Kingston on a carnival Monday morning and feeling sick. Them days I don't even play mass, so I don't know what was bothering me so bad. I think it's just the, the idea that I was not a part of it and not going to be a part of it. I, I, I just couldn't take it. So we're here again to celebrate the life of the great explainer. And as he would put his stories in song and paint these vivid pictures, you know, you know no one knows the hour or the minute. Nobody can tell. You could plan for where you want. We say we're going and taking explainer next month. And look at this. The next day, we come and see news that explainer passed away. Shocking. But I will listen to this song, how he document this. This song is specially dedicated to the high and the mighty, the weak and the strong, to everyone, everywhere. Name of this song is When Basil Come, right? Listen carefully. Whenever death comes, yes. as you know he must, I say, would you beg for time to straighten a few things first? 
Would you say he's impertinent? He should have make appointment. Beggars lying all about. With fly buzzing round them out. Would you tell Basil, go and check them out? Cause he don't go back once he comes. Yes. He don't take bribe of cash, no rum. So if you just underpay or get short with every day, fix that before he comes. I said, confess before death. I say, would you watch the guy just so and start a cuss? Would you say you were kind to neighbors? You never give them horrors. I always used to maintain your outside child. Cause he don't go back once he comes. He don't take bribe of cash, no wrong. If you're a bad policeman who should to get promotion. That before he comes, I say, confess before death Someday, would you be able, friend, to turn to the guy and say, The many homes you have broken, so much of lies you have spoken, the different candles that you light to make your neighbor life a blight. Check yourself and make sure your business right. Cause he don't go back once he comes, he don't take bribe of cash, no run. So if you're just underpaid, or get short with every day, fix that before he comes. I said, confess before death comes. So listen, we must celebrate that song, yeah, lyrics. We must celebrate that. You need that celebrate, explain, our understanding that with a song like that, you know, is a man who figure out a way to walk in the right path before his exit. You're not sending them kind of message. And then walking away from it. And as we're talking about explain, I want to take a quick minute too. Because my brethren in Fatima end up thrown into mourning in this, in this week as well. A, a, this is a Fatima legend I'm going to talk about. Right? If, 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 you, if, you know, if you never went Fatima, just listen to legend. The dude, I don't know him playing football. I don't know what it is he used to stand out for in school at all. Right? <laughs> the man is just a legend. The man is everybody friend a man by the name of Peanut. Son Joseph is his name. Peanut is who everybody know him by. And he was just that dude in school. Sometimes in school, they have a fellow who is just that guy. And Peanut was that. I ever tell a little Peanut beat my part time. 
listen, a day I walk in going on the road, right? If you know Fatima, when you're leaving Fatima to walk across the road, the first place you had to pass through the by the study hall, right? A little driveway by study hall. And I walk in out there. And me and Peanut, I make for as far as I know, me and Peanut and no problems. And Fatima is a jail, right? So you never know what going on go down. But me and Peanut and no problems or nothing. Me and Peanut, I make for Peanut say we're watching me for now. Peanut, they with his squad, them fellas are a year older than me in school. So he with his crew. But I think it is a cool scene when I watch Peanut. Peanut say we watching me for and promptly run up and hit me somebody hard as bellas and cuffer. Just beat me up like for no. I am so much a shock. <laughs> A part of me want to swing back it, but a part of me saying, this is Peanut, Peanut, be short, but he built, he, he muscular. <laughs> and you have a little badness, so you, have a little, you have a little charge up in him, you know what I mean? Even if his mouth alone, I frighten like hell, so I want to, if I, I, I turn around to Peanut like, what is that one dog? Boy, more licks, as soon as I turn around to that, it's more like, ba, 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 da, ba, ba, ba. I, <laughs> I just keep it pushing because I know it have no end to that fight with Peanut. Me and know who go win the fight, but money was on Peanut. But I know it have no end. That is fight every single day. He's just that kind of guy. That kind of legend. <laughs> and it teach me a good little lesson to it. Number one, to protect your neck. <laughs> but secondly, a few days after that, now understand that when that happened, I watching Peanut now. I frighten in school every day from that moment on. Because say, boy, Peanut could just beat me for the rest of his life. This guy is that kind of guy. And he co- he, I see him coming and I sit down. But you can't show no fear, right? So I just sit down cool as ever and he come and he sit down next to my quiet now he beat me in front of the whole school eh? everybody see and everybody laugh and everybody talk about as a coward and peanut beat me up but he come very very easy next to me at the end say my brother i want to apologize to you you know i mean a mistake i was on a bad day i mistake you for something some story he gave me but the most important thing is that he apologized and he make it square but he don't know how relieved i was in that moment that it was square now because i was never going to do peanut nothing i was i was just trying to avoid him for the rest of my school life because me and taking no more beat up and it teach me an important lesson in life sometimes the embarrassment is coming public and the apology is coming private and boy to tell you the truth a lot of people is want to come and say, hey, well, you're, you're embarrassment in public, especially in this social media era. And he was a man who big on social media too, you know, because uh, next day I'm posting something about Chelsea or any football thing. If you're posting about football online, you know Peanut going and run up in your comments and tell you you knows nothing about Chelsea. You're a big Chelsea fan, eh? but he will let you know that you knows nothing about Chelsea. <laughs> Barca is the worst man you and them is dog listen is the longest you can't even read the full post that peanut read he willing to debate or engage with anybody <laughs> and i know he went through some medical issues and you know what i mean i, I, I just I, in my mind he overcome that and it's just good to see the brother up and about and around you know what i mean so some men in his year would have been men like purcell men like timkey imran daniel the old emma's maurice burke uh kwami it's just, just a bunch of men and them fellas and them seem to have stuck together over the years and remain friends so having to me gotten over whatever medical issue it is and then to find out that is a tragic accident that take his life like you just see him posting over the weekend there, and then you, you come and you see news that he passed away so i just want to take this moment to say rest in peace to the great peanut the old gangly and and, and condolences to his family first and foremost but of course the fatima family who would be in mourning at this time the man was the old gangly so by right i had to dedicate this song to him from the great explainer
Everybody Irie. So we are wrapping up that with a salute to the great explainer. National legend and the great peanut, a Fatima legend, a legend all wrong, the old gangly. Rest in peace to them and condolences to their families. Now moving on to another topic here that came up this week where people seem to be in an opera. <laughs> it seems as though Nicki Minaj can't do much without people being in an opera, to be honest, because um, she came out with a song this week that had... Patrice Roberts, Pampute, Spice, Dovey Magnum, Destra, London Hill, Lisa Mercedes, and Lady Lechere, and Skeng. Now, the song was really, you know what I mean, promoted as a Caribbean anthem and a woman's anthem and woman empowerment. So I don't know how Skeng reached in anything, but if you know me, anything Skeng do good by me, you know what I mean? Well, most things that Skeng do good by me, I like Skeng, right? But people started to make some fuss locally here about the artist and the, and the song. And to be honest with you, I find this song okay. I find it decent. I mean... Uh, left up to me, I just find there's too much going on in this song. 
Um, maybe I just choose too much artists. Well, let me start by the grateful part, right? I'm very grateful that Nicki Minaj was able to point out and single out a lot of Caribbean artists, including Destra and Patricia Roberts, to feature on a new song. And whether you like this song or not, any look at that level is a good look for all the artists who are on this, right? But one of the things about putting a, a, a song together with so many different people, I think mo- at least the artists who I know on this list, most of them is headliners already. You know what I mean? Spice, Destro, Patricia Roberts. Maybe I'm going too far because Pampute. Pampute could carry her own show, Dovey Maga. I don't want to be disrespectful to nobody. But a lot of these artists are headliners already. So when you put them, so many of them on a song. It's like, how do you end up standing out? Or what does this song stand for? It, 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 at one point, I was thinking, like, I just listened to random verses that people put together. Maybe it was just too much going on in this song. I hear some people complaining, too, that um, Destro, they ain't like how they put the Trini's last, you know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, DJ Khaled put Jay-Z last and God did, and Jay-Z, like, people fast-forwarding Rick Ross and, 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 and Lil Wayne verse to get to that Jay-Z verse and play it forever because, like, a thousand bars. I don't see no issue with her putting these soca artists on them last and the thing. I don't think there's any disrespect. I feel people, like, we've been looking for reasons to say that Nicki Minaj don't like Trinidadians, but, I mean, she's put Trinidad out there, I find. She like Jamaica, too, but me, too. You know what I mean? So, there are more Jamaican artists on it where you wanted her to do a whole soca collaboration. Maybe one day she will do that. But um, I will say that for the two parts that are most interesting to me, which is Destra and Patrice Roberts, firstly, I find Destra whole her own. It's new to hear that. I mean, I shouldn't say it's new because Destra know how to chant and Destra is an artist, right? A true artist and a true performer. So even if she chanting or rapping or whatever, it will sound good. I know she said she got her verse written for her and... um. I find she delivered the verse good. But now we're not accustomed here in soca artists. That was one of the people complained to her because we're not accustomed here in soca artists sing zest type of singing. <laughs> and you know, sometimes you hold Destro and then on such a platter, I always call it a, um, a pedestal, that you don't expect Destro to say certain things. You know what I mean? Destro getting a lull, you know what I mean? You don't expect certain things to come up from Destro. But my thing is like, why not? An artist is a full canvas, you know what I mean? An artist should have a full canvas and express themselves however they feel to express themselves, you know what I mean? The song, if, if she she couldn't go in a song and lame out the whole song because you know what Spice and Pampute and Dovey Magno and them coming to sing. You can't just be in the end of the song and you lame out your verse. Why find Destro stamp good? Salute to Destro. And to me, Patricia Roberts' part of the song is the best part because Patricia Roberts give you a couple bars singing and then a few rapping lines and them. I find the I find the song song good. If I had to put together a song like this, I'm wondering like when Patrice come up with a local singing part like that. You know, a lot of the even when you look at that God did collaboration, right? Granted, it's three people and it's three rappers who have a huge story to tell. When you talk about God did and the type of verse that Jay Z was singing about his whole career and his achievements and all that. Rick Ross and Lil Wayne could tell similar stories of what Jay-Z would have told because of how long they're in the business and the level of success they've achieved and all that. So the, the song had a clear theme, right? That God did song. But also there's this Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> how you say it? But he sang a little hook with, I know God did. That, to me, put together the whole song. None of the three verses wasn't great from the three great men. But it, it keep this song with a little theme and they play that God did thing. And even if you can't rap along with everything, that that little hook keep it going. So when I hear Patricia Roberts part quite down in the end, I couldn't understand why they didn't take that and use that as part of the hook 
so that he could play that before everybody votes and maybe select four people, you know what I mean? So that it's a song that we could finish listening to at some point in time in this life, you know what I mean? In this microwave era. But all all, all that said, I mean, salute to Nicki Minaj. She didn't have to do this. She, she, she mentioned Ninja Man very early in the verse and she says her again, back to her roots and finding herself back. And if I'm not mistaken, it's one of the first songs she would have put out post-Baby and all that. So I don't know if this is the first of an album to come or whatever it might be, but I'm glad to see Nicki Minaj was was pulling out uh, Destra and Patrice for this. I think sometimes we forget that she came here and she do collaborations and she had um, Marshall and Bungie and Fayan in the videos before. So I, I don't know where this rhetoric coming from that Nicki Minaj, not Trinidadian because she likes to big up Jamaicans. I kind of like, I, I like to big up Jamaicans too, and it's part of what I do. I see some people complaining too that... Um, one of the things that has happened to us when we go on foreign collaborations is that we lose our Trinidadian accent, right? <laughs> I think maybe sometimes it's the fitting, it's the, you know what I mean? Not song too far from what we, from who we are. I, I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure what it is. No, not, not who we are, but not song too far from what the theme of the song is and them things. But I, I, to, be, to be honest, and you know I would be biased about this, right? But I find our accent, Real bad. <laughs> you see, our accent, our accent is the, the thing. We 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 holding back on our accent that the rest of the world wants to hear. The rest of the world interested in hearing our accent and hearing more of our accent. And we seem to want to morph into some co- combination of Jamaican and American when we get an international collaboration. And uh, uh, my belief is that if we just stick to ourselves, like just be who we are. I feel we will sell much further into the international market. So we do two things, right? When we get an international collaborations, we tend to give away our accent or lose it or water it down. And when we sing songs that are intended for the international market, we also tend to slow down on our accents a little bit, even our slangs and the way we talk. And you know what I mean? We, we tend to throw that away for foreign slangs. Like you hear plenty of blood clots. And blah, blah, blah. We, don't, we don't cuss in our own language. On, on on songs that are designed for foreign markets. And to be honest with you, I think it's a mistake, you know. Because I want to go back to the to the episode that the, the man who this episode is lively catered to. And and just tell it like Lauren, you better wake up. I need a jet plane to take me non-stop. I can't stay in New York City when it's a sunshine on something in my country. Lions is the place for the jamming. With Kalyan and Charlie's Dutch clashing. Everyone busy partying. And I freezing in Brooklyn. Even the way he say airport Kennedy. It's just the way Trinity says, boy, I'm going Kennedy. That's how we talk. Like, why we don't take what we have that nobody else can copy and put that in the international market and let them do what they want with it when they, when they get it. But we seem to think that we have to adjust ourselves to what the international market had to provide. And... My feeling is that, oh, all right, so explainer might be, uh, for, for younger people, right? Older people understand what I'm talking about when I talk about explainer verse. But I want to play a verse from somebody for you who don't lose his accent at all and who is easily one of the fastest rising stars in Trinidad and Tobago. Mind you, he don't sing too much of gunting and thing neither. The man just is vibes. And I, I want it to be known that I'm following this guy from Red Block days till the wall behind him starts to get shiny. <laughs> And it's the same three people who was in the red block days, unfinished floors. You know what I mean? Men, men invest smoking. The same three people with him there. 
But I wait to hear his accent. And the man know to make a hit to know because this is a hit to hear the accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me hear it again. Let me hear it, let me hear it. The man don't lose nothing when it comes to the Trinidadianness. Go back to any one of his verses, anything that he sing. The man, is, the man is the most Trinidadian man in these entertainment streets right now. So I want to challenge all our artists, right? <laughs> to follow the youth. And just when you're going on a track, just sing like how you sing. Use your normal voice. Use your normal slangs. Oh, God, I'm just feeling for that. Well, pause. Right? Not me, right? <laughs> but use your normal slangs and just talk how we talk. And you might find that it we will go further and further. More more on the youths. I see Travis will tweet this and I mean, it, man, get a lot of flack. Flack on the internet. I wonder if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Because when you see you, you do things that end up going viral online, I think it could only do good for you as a young entertainer or musician, you know, or DJ or producer, whatever Travis Will is. He said, I'm so happy to see soca artists doing explicit music. No. Let me try that again. I'm so happy to see these soca artists doing explicit music now. About time they started expressing themselves. For too long, the older generation has been stifling us and making us feel bad for doing explicit soca. Well, you know, when I was reading this, we found we're getting ready to talk about this. Now I realize while I read it live, <laughs> the older people talk more is we. <laughs> the older people talk more is we who. And I, 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 I interested to hear more about this. Like who is stifling um, soca artists or young producers? Because this is something that is always said in soca music and maybe in entertainment on a whole, but particularly in soca and calypso. Somebody always fighting down somebody. You always find that somebody singing, boy, listen, they're fighting, we don't, and them fellas stifling us. And I, I, I don't know. Some of the comments were saying that they don't agree, they don't find soca should have cussing. So one person is Berna's left hand dumpling. She said, how, so, how much cussing you want, Travis? Especially in Trinidad, where there's little left to the imagination. Double entendre is a main element of Calypso, not so much soca. If, or, or soca as well, I would say. If all you could do is curse and for shock factor and it adds nothing to the music, best you sing. That's just laziness, in my opinion. Uh, boy, how people feel about this? Like, should we encourage hardcore cussing in soca or should soca get more like zest? Because zest seems to be get, catching our length. Should it get more like zest where we just sing the most explicit things? Uh, I might be one of these old people because I will never stifle anybody, right? Or youth, particularly. I find if you're, if you're young and you're a producer and you're an entertainer and you feel like you want to sing and cuss and like you should do all that. You should cuss and sing and sing the most explicit lyrics and thing. Don't expect me to listen to that because I, let me put it this way. At my age, my ears get sensitive. <laughs> I like all the gunman music and all the explicit and lewd music I could have listened to when I was young. And the worse it was, is the more I like it. So I understand youths and why they like this and thing now. I just can't listen to it for too long. Let me talk about the gunman part. To me, the gunman part, depressing. The melodies they use, the way they do the rhythms is all dark and it's very, very depressing. That's I think with youth music now. I think these youths are depressed. So they just listen to the darkest of the music they could find. And um for the for the for the girl one now. <laughs> it, 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 they're just a little sharp for my ears, as 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 my girls say here on Twitter. 
listen, I need a little more to the imagination. Yes, I can't take listening to too much. I, I just feel away when I start to hear. I just like, why would you say? <laughs> it's not for me. Now, again, I'm not saying this to say that they should ban that or they should stifle Travis. I find like Travis, you bring it, bring it, bring a rhythm where everybody cussing stink. <laughs> and if you like that, you go and listen to that. But I don't know how it will song. If because on that Nicki Minaj track, Destra and Patrice, I think there was a it was a little youth, you know what I mean? But I find it was tasteful. I I find they do it well. They didn't do it, um <laughs> didn't do it as bad as somebody as, as somebody young zest artists doing it, or Trini Bad artists, I should say. But you had to watch Destra age too. Sometimes when you hear old people's songs, you could imagine David Rudder. This is not a... This is madness. Just sing this song. This is just too much. We can't take... <laughs> I don't know if we could take that kind of cussing in Calypso from some of the older people. But to me, young people should young people should make themselves feel free. Yes, do go, go and do whatever they want and the market will be the judge. I always talk about this in marketing class, right? You must understand who your target audience is, Travis, and then design a product that could appeal to your target audience. You know, matter of fact, this is what I'm teaching right now in my marketing class. If you understand your your target audience well, you should be able to create something that they want. And maybe you're closer to that audience than me. So you might know that that is what the the soaker missing. Maybe, Maybe check Young Brother, check some of them other youths, but please don't produce no song with Destra had to talk about how she cheer and make and bungee and fair and some some of the artists in Soka are a little too old for this thing, you know what I mean? I just want Travis to always remember that you're very, very close, right? It's funny how you this work because I read in this thing and no matter how old you get, you just feel the same way. Nobody didn't explain this to me a long time, you know. You just feel the exact same way <laughs> when you're getting older. Except not your body, right? Your body, your joints and so on don't feel the same way. But in your soul, you're still feeling like any young person you don't feel no older. Except when you read one of Travis' tweets and you realize you're old like the hills, right? But I want to let Travis know that you out a little while, right? You had Soka Kingdom and you, you, you're moving with voice and you have a whole squad who moving. But I don't know if you're realizing that you and Penny and voice and Akeem and Salty and... Um, who I'm missing, who I'm missing my guy, you know, a legend, one of the DJs who's been with them, a legend. I can't remember the name of fan. But them fellas doing their thing now and they're getting great success and I like to see where they're pushing the culture. But they had to realize that just now they go be the older ones that people saying stifling them to, you know. So one of the things I always encourage people to do is see if you was feeling stifled, don't stifle nobody, Lego people. So you're getting your chance to do your soccer however you want it. I guess what you're saying is that um, Nicki Minaj helped you open my daughter's custing in soccer if you feel like. But though let me hear people talking about you, you know, Travis, when all you always talk more old people stifling all you and who fighting all your dog and them things. Don't let me hear you and voice and that whole squad when all you done starting to become the older artists already. But y'all are heroes, y'all are legends in your own right, taking nothing away from all you. But don't let me hear the youths to come saying that all you're fighting them down. Because one of the funny things in life is that what you find is acceptable now. And what you find is explicit now. The younger generation going to push the boundaries even further. And when you reach my age, <laughs> the things that you arguing that people should sing now, you might well be saying, oh God, oh God, oh God, these youths going too far. So just be careful. As one of our young heroes, be careful how you're talking about our heroes. And I just want to go back to the great Winston Henry, the explainer. 
because coincidentally, he have a song about heroes, which is, to me is one of his greatest songs. This song is specially dedicated to all my fellow Powerful on the map. The way we treat we heroes with scorn, and also wish they were never born. In other countries, I realize their heroes are the ones whom they idolize. Ah, uh-huh. Jamaica, baby, the name of Mali, to sing praise to their hero. But in my country, we deliberately push the heroes below. We admire foreign culture, we treat no else so low. We ought to know. We shouldn't treat our heroes so. No, 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 no. We shouldn't treat our heroes so. No, 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 no. We shouldn't treat our heroes so. At all. When they see their heroes, some the suck their teeth and depreciate them all along the streets. Free Simon died in poverty, yet we never had a state funeral for him. Although he was founder of Pan, yet my nation didn't show appreciation. Person who talk about double entendre in this, right? It's only right that we find a double entendre to play from the great explainer as well. And to talk to Travis about why double entendre is so important, the creativity and the writing that goes into double entendre songs. Now, the thing about them is they don't, they're not as edgy as the years go by. Because when Sparrow say, tells you Mr. Ben would come, that ain't no big when you hear those songs like that might be banned from the radio back in the day you start to wonder now like what are they banning songs like that for that's soft but it's just that when time passed people's sensitivities change and when you push the boundary it don't ever push back so all the youths are here now singing i mean i, I personally 
wonder how much more explicit it could possibly get. But I suppose every generation who went through this would have wondered the same thing. That's why I don't, I'm not against you. Sing whatever all you want to sing. Be happy and enjoy that. I can listen to it, but that don't mean it should not be made, right? And I, I don't know if that's the point that Travis making. But I, I personally love the double entendre that Calypso and Soca music does give us because it takes a, a certain amount of creativity in writing to get to those things. I also enjoy getting older and saying, but wait, this is what you were singing about when you sing a soul fish. And it, it, it sounds stupid now, but the reality is <laughs> when you're small, you just didn't know. And it, it, it protects some of the innocence of you too, because I don't feel comfortable listening to that kind of zest music around my son or around children. And it's not made for them, granted. I'm not no knock on the artist at all. It's not made for them, so it should not be played around among children. But I like a little double entendre when the adults know what it's about and the children don't know. I want to play one from Explainer here.
double entendre still have plenty meaning to me and I like it. And I just want to play one of his songs that is, imagine a legend saluting a legend. And and, and this is what challenging Travis Will and some of the youths to do. Regardless of if all you get fight down when all you was younger, right? Forget the fight you get. Study that you here to open the gate for other youths. All these young legends, as I say, pushing the boundary, taking it to a next level again. Everybody had a character on next level. Explain a character on a level. Men pick it up and carry it and they bring it for you, regardless of how far down you feel you get fried down. And this is Explainer singing about another legend who came before him, the great Lord Melody. And I wanted to use this song to tell all you, forget about who was fighting you along. Start to study the youths now who you could uplift or the elders who you could say, hey, let me, let me do a song and play it together for the great Explainer. Do a song and play it together that re- respects Lord Melody, the shadow, whoever it might be that come before you. Because Explainer said his influences in Calypso was Valentino, Prowler, Relator, and Lord Superior. So, Travis, who is your inspiration in production? Is men like Pelham Goddard and them who come from way before? Or is men like Neil Bernard and Shell Shaw? Who it is? You must have inspirations in, in, in the music and in the soca or in the industry who you could look up to. Forget who fighting you down and who stifling you. And let me hear you put together something like this that could honor the legends that come before you. This song is dedicated to the Lord Melody. Yes. Mellow, wherever you may be, may eternal rest be granted unto your soul. Same to you, explainer. Yes, is the greatest honor. Just to be a Calypsonian But let me tell you brother The pressure that we does endure We got to bust we bend daily To make a melody To keep people dancing and happy People of my nation They love competition Leave the kind of man Success, and you hardly hear all the rest. Yes. It's too much demand on the Calypsonian, but for the love of the culture, I enjoy the slave master climbing on me knee and sapping my energy. It has. So in Trinidad You might say Calypso is cute It's so nice To be in culture But the culture man Don't enjoy the fruit 
join the front line. To be a superstar, find a shiny manager, yeah. For the love of the culture, I endure the slave master, climbing on my backs and still killing me with tacks. As we're talking about heroes, I just want to make a speedy recovery to the great Errol Fabian, one of our national heroes and treasures. Say what you want about Errol. Say what you want about his political career. They say this and that, he always think, and he lost any house and he begging for money. I don't care. Errol Fabian is one of the legends we have and one of the greatest. And I saw him posting about him being in a car accident. So Errol, we wish you a speedy recovery and we hope you're back soon to continue to represent for the culture. Now... One of the things I didn't cater for when I start these episodes with culture first, right? <laughs> Is that an hour into the thing, I had to get into the people and their politics and the crime and them kind of thing, you know what I mean? Maybe I should go back to what I was doing before, you know, and talk about them thing first so that I could enjoy the ending of these episodes where I could talk about Calypso and Soka and our culture and all these things. But all right, okay. Crime. No, crime is what it is, right? But one of the sad things I see this week is... A man getting shot over a parking space. Only oh, see that news. All he saw in the in the little um in the little clip was two fellas wrangling it out. And, and to me, both fellas look kind of big. You know what I mean? That is not the kind of people who you want to be wrangling with. But to me, to, to be honest, it looked like a decent little fist to fist. You know what I mean? Men, 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 men coughing it out. That is what's supposed to happen. You know what I mean? If men fall out and them thing. I mean, no, he's not supposed to fight, right? But if it come down to that. All you wrangle it out and all you hold one another into headlock and somebody go come and part that and all you saw that out. In the midst of all the wrangling and them thing, you see the, big, the bigger of the two men start to reach for a gun. Shoot the fella, now the fella dead. The man churning in the car, his wife in the grocery. Why we have to be going through this as a society? Now, I have something to read for you here about um, your boy Fitzgerald Hines, right? It's always fun when you have to read about Fitzgerald Hines, right? It's always a better day when Fitzgerald Hines is on the lineup. But the, uh, the story that's going around now about um, more and more people on the investigation for the FUL pro- uh, racket, whatever they want to call it, right? They're saying that basically it's too much a racket with the FUL and them kind of thing. And it makes you wonder like where our priorities lie. I'm not saying that we should just sit by and watch illegal things happening with legal firearms in the country because if illegal things or racket happening where that is concerned as far as i am concerned some of those guns that in people's hands even though they have a fuel should still be deemed illegal weapons if you have people who just putting out money and getting a fuel without going through the proper process if the process is faulty if the process could be circumvented in any way both for people who are fuel owners and people who are licensed to sell firearms. I understand that the people who license to sell firearms under some fire, no pun intended, because they get visits from the police and investigators regularly these days. But when you see a little situation like this, where two men could be wrangling it out because they fall out for nonsense in the end of the day, they're fighting over a car park space. Anytime you see people fighting over a car, it has nothing to do with the car park and them kind of thing. It's your own ego, right? Them kind of road rage and them situations, which we have too much of in this country. Not all of them lead to death like this, but it's just too much of it in the country as a whole. It has more to do with your ego than the bad drive or the um or the parking space or any of them kind of things. And now we see a situation where some children fatherless 
a wife husbandless and uh, for what and come to find out that the guy who draw the firearm is a off-duty police officer so let me, let, me, let me read from the express right just to make sure of this right this is from october 8th in the express I, I don't say who it by. The police officer who shot and killed a man on the compound of a supermarket in Cookie, San Fernando, has reported that he shot a man. He shot that he shot a man who start. He shot the man who started a fight after he was warned about smoking what the officer said was marijuana. <laughs> Jamie Walker was shot twice and died in the carpet uh, parking lot of Wee Supermarket. I didn't realize it was twice. It sounded like once he was shot. His children witnesses that the special reserve police officer saw SRP. Who killed Walker said that at around 4 p.m. as he was at the supermarket when he noticed Walker seated in a Nissan B15 parked in the supermarket's car park, smoking a cigarette of unusual length and a strong pungent odor emanated. The SRP said he formed the opinion that Walker was smoking marijuana and informed him of the offense of smoking in same in a public place. You can't smoke in public? I thought, I thought you were going to smoke a little bit, like a little bit of grams or something. You can't smoke in public? Well, I guess smoking in public in general, like, you, can't, you could smoke a cigarette. i confused now. I thought you could, like, you could have a little bit of weed and smoke a little bit of weed. Anyway, he said Walker became agitated, exited the vehicle, and a scuffle started. The, the officer said Walker hit him several blows about his face and body. During the scuffle, the officer said, the officer said he felt Walker grabbing for his firearm, which was on the right side of his waist, so he grabbed the firearm and shot Walker twice. Responding officers took possessions of a pistol, 28 rounds and 9mm ammunition, and two, spells, two spent shells. <laughs> the CCTV footage from the supermarket was also taken. Walker 39, a former soldier. So this man is an old soldier and an SRP. Like, but what do they fight in the world? Spliff. And a man had to end up dead for this one. The father of four from Orchard Gardens, from Orchid Gardens. Uh, his wife, Heather Sedenia Walker, was in shock as she told reporters that three of the children seated in the family's car when the shooting occurred, mere feet from them. White children must be traumatized, I guess. Sedenia Walker said, I'm confused. Everything happened so fast. When the shots fired, the three children started to ball daddy daddy. She asked, she asked him, Nazi of, of duty officer, how come he how come he do this? He said, as a police officer, and he showed me the badge. So these, I mean, boy, listen, these things so unfortunate when they happen. My, my, my first thought and the first report was that it was road rage. So I, I come with, I come armed with some things to tell a little girl about road rage. Because I find personally, to be honest, like I suffering from a little road rage on the, on, the, on the road these days. When I had to drop Zachary to school every morning, there were a few points at which you could get real vexed on the highway, right? If you know South, when you reach down the highway to make the turn back to come up by UTT, what used to be Sando Tech back in the day, and you're dropping children to school in the morning. It's have a long line there. I just try to just join the back of the line and wait. And the, the traffic is slow. It's slow, but it's, it's going to school time. I didn't think it is, it's not a problem to me. And, you know, we have this mentality that we're in traffic. When the reality is that we are traffic. We are not in traffic. We are traffic. It's a part of the problem, you know. You're not in traffic like all these other people conveniencing you, inconveniencing you. You are the traffic. But so I just sit down and wait. But they have some men who like taxi drivers in particular and others who don't seem to want to join the line quite a bit to Ruba side by the they want to reach when it's they don't reach under the bridge and by the thing and cut in by a car. It is annoying, it gets me upset. Number one, I feel it's how they do it too, you know, because they, they're cutting you off in a way where you, 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 you cannot roll up. If you roll up, you will hit them. And sometimes I feel just to ram them slight. 
just so that boats are we whole day throw off. Me and don't do any day come. So let boats are we go any police station and see about this where you were trying to break a line like a fool. You could just wait as taxi you're driving, you're working on the road. If your passengers don't understand that, and I wonder what passengers in the car say to the driver at times. Maybe they don't say nothing because it helping them reach the work earlier. When you swing back now and you have to take the um the right to go up into St. Joseph Village or Koki or whatever it's called. It, it has some people now, you, you buy the filter lane to turn right. Are you waiting on the light? Them coming down the lane going straight and cutting you off the same way or coming wrong you. Listen, uh, it is very, very annoying some of these things. The next part in South is getting mad is you see by that roundabout by South Park on an evening. The driving there for people coming from Marabella. So it's some people leaving Sando and trying to get to Princess Stone. Some people leaving Sando trying to get North. And some people from coming from Marabella heading Princess Stone or Marabella to go further south. The driving around that roundabout is atrocious. I gave Junior Regrello a lot of credit in the beginning of the year when it was very, very bad on the first day of school. And he came out personally with his officers to make sure that it could flow. They make a good decision to stop the traffic from coming from South Park side to joining back that road. So now all of them are head back to the roundabout. But Junior, we need more people. We need more police there on our evening. It's bad. The driving is atrocious. Sometimes people good at policing themselves. But other times, we're not so great. And people cutting off one another is a matter of time. Before. And let me tell you something. All the rush, will be rushing sometimes. You ever notice the littlest accident, this trough, days of your life? Because now, you have to go and make an agreement with this man or go by the police station and see about the bongs. Then you have to go and get an estimate here. You know then you have to carry your car to get your car fixed. a day or two, you're out again. The littlest bongs is cause the greatest inconvenience. While you rush, we rushing to reach somebody. smallest accident going to make you days late rather than being minutes late. You know what I mean? Throw off your whole schedule. But I don't know. It's, it's something that I try to observe in myself and better myself overall so that I'm not dealing with this every day and dealing with this. And so, come here doing nobody nothing. You know? I just take my legs like how oh, I take my legs my boy peanut. <laughs> I'm not trying to do nobody nothing. But I don't want to be boiling up and bubbling up in, in myself. And these two men clearly bubble up and boil up to the point where one earlier gone now and, and this officer probably facing charges at some point in time or having to answer for what he did. Although nowhere in the article I saw that he um he was charged with anything. They said they get the gun and all them things from him, I guess, to do investigation. But I haven't seen up to this point where he was charged. So I was looking for ways to avoid road rage. I'll share these with you, right? I'm really talking to myself here, you know, to try and make sure that I don't end up in a road rage situation. Because sometimes I just feel like to turn down my glass and say something. Although I ain't had the belly to do it. So first, give yourself time to get where you're going. <laughs> this is very real for me. The reality is this. I only feel that way when I am late for dropping Zachary. I like to leave here before 7 o'clock, but some mornings I just end up leaving a little late. <laughs> and to be honest with you, you see them days where I'm a little late and I feel like I'm in a rush and Zachary ain't going to make it by half past eight and I'm late for work, I'm late for the gym and everything. I find myself a little more on edge during them times. So I accept this fully and I'm going to try my best to leave where I'm going on time and to also accept that when I move late, I may be late. <laughs> you can't leave late and expect to reach early at everybody else's expense, right? The men say number two, don't drive while experiencing intense emotion. If you had a frustrating day at work or got into a fight with a dear friend, you might not be in the best headspace to get behind the wheel. But <laughs> this is from the defensive driving, defensive driving.org, right? But 
I don't know if there ever comes a Trinidad because sometimes it's like every day it could be in an intense emotional state, you know, because a man say he ain't running for prime minister no more, but he's running back for lead. Anyway, we'll get to that just now. Build positive driving habits. I think this is something that I need to take on board fully. Don't speed through traffic or weave through vehicles. Avoid cutting off other vehicles or making rude gestures or remarks. <laughs> They say these behaviors could be dangerous. I want to keep this in mind, particularly in light of what happened to this man and a recent peace time and condolences to his family happened to the man outside the grocery. Whether it's legal gun or illegal gun or illegally acquired legal guns, this is a place that has plenty gun. Don't underestimate nobody. Don't feel like you could tell anybody anything because it, it could escalate very fast in this country. So better you, you, instead of focusing on who cutting you off and thing, focus on you not cutting off nobody. Build positive driving habits. Take your time. Stay in the left lane unless overtaken. Stay under the speed limit. Don't cut. And even when you cut somebody off, just apologize. Say, sorry about that. You know what I mean? I mean so sorry. You, you know these signals to say a little sorry and them kind of thing. This is very, very Trinidadian. I want to say Trinidadian, Guyanese, Jamaican. Use your horn if necessary. <laughs> Car horns are just one small hand movement away, but they are primarily designed for emergency use. Lay off the horn and show people a little grace. I want to say that that hard horn only wants to blow in men by the traffic light. Yes, I'm a phone, right? I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't do that too. But oh God, just give me a nice little kick, kick. You know what I mean? It can just come kick. Because this happens to you to always be on your phone sometimes when the car stops, the long, 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 and the lights ain't changing. You know, heavy tra- All right, I'll try to. Maybe that's my number 4.5. Stay off your phone while you're driving, right? Be understanding of other drivers. a nice thing to do, you know. When you see somebody cut you off in traffic, tell yourself, boy, the man of a sick child in the hospital, he must be really had to reach South Fast and reach Port of Spain. You know what I mean? I always call it again San Fernando General Fast to see about the child. Boy, you know, somebody in the car must be in labor. Whatever. They might be having a worse day than you. They might be in much worse circumstances than you. So just give people grace and try your best to allow them, allow them, as we say in Trinidad, right? They say ways to avoid road rage from other drivers. Remove yourself from your situation. Like, run. Ignore them if they're being rude, number two. Call for help if necessary. And as I say, apologize. Work on your horn that is to say sorry. Or, you know, sometimes you just point a little hazard light to the man behind you to say, oh, sorry about that, sorry about that. I think we had to evolve past a certain point. I always observe that when I travel too. Like, we, we talk about being a better country, you know what I mean? And being a better country not going to come just with infrastructure and better roads or even better leadership and better politics. They're not going to come from there. It won't come from us and how we relate and deal with one another. So when I travel, one of the first things I notice is that there's a level of courtesy on the road, maybe outside of Uber drivers. I find little Uber drivers in Miami driving a little hard. You know what I mean? I, I don't like that too much. But we could we could develop a level of courtesy on the road and just make the roads the safest place to drive outside of the potholes. And don't, don't get no altercation with nobody in these streets. We got to be here. You know, my, 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 my listenership, I know it's time to grow a listenership here. I need everyone all here to be back here next week. In more crime, I see something saying Rattan's owner robbed during home invasion. After hogtying and robbing businessman Mohan Rattan, two gunmen escaped by sea, taking with them two bags laden with cash and valuables. The robbery occurred around 4 a.m. at the businessman's Mansion in Sunset Cove in Laramane. Wait, no. <laughs> hey, the owner of Rattans buy yours in Rattans? Oh, this is looking like plenty of holes for the price of one just like Rattans. Anyway, this is not, this, this not, no, no, this not no joke story. They say police said Rattan, the owner of Rattans free zone, was at home with his wife when the bandits entered the property, believing the men were employees. Rattan opened the gates. 
Uh, the sprawling seafront property is usually manned by pit bulls. Uh, that, that, that's always told the Guardian media. Uh, the robbers removed the barbed wire the barbed wires from the eastern side of the property and jumped jumped over a wall. This is another thing outside of the road rage and them thing. This is becoming more and more the norm in Trinidad. You see this house invasion thing. I, I asking people in the the powers that be because I saw another article with a woman who killed some bandits trying to come in by her and maybe maybe we starting to reach the point where as I said a few weeks ago. Police care protectors again, and they can't do enough. So it's time to arm yourself and make sure that you're good. Because I, I, I still are so torn on this idea of a FUL and me having to walk wrong with that. I'm not sure how I feel about it, to be honest. But what I will tell you is that you see this home invasion thing where people can just kick in your door and come in your place of solitude and your sanctuary and your, your, your family and you helpless insider. I could tell you for sure that I do like that. If it all is sort out all yourself with the FUL thing now, whether it's legal or you. I shouldn't say illegal. However, however, all you're sorting out, all you things, sort it out so that a law-abiding citizen like Mr. Ma- Mr. Rattan could just get some things to protect himself in his home. Not saying that he didn't have, but if he doesn't, and 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 this 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 process is so outside of the corruption that going on, the process cumbersome. You're applying, there's no way to follow up on the application. Somebody sent me last week um Jamaica approval process. You could track your your application at any step along the way and understand where you are with the issue and firearm but sorry to mr mohan and mr ratan and his family i hope that they could find ways to recover from this and that's that that's a hard thing to come back from mentally but i hope that they get the solace they need and make sure that they protect themselves because if you own a big business or it like ratans you're surely a target right reading from the news they hear by shane superville this is from some time ago right but Minister of National Security Fitzgerald Hines says a collaborative effort between different agencies locally and internationally is needed to properly address the entry of weapons into Trinidad and Tobago. Speaking at a destruction exercise for the confiscated, obsolete, and unserviceable weapons at the Police Training Academy. You know, these fellas and them is real jokers. <laughs> I see a video going around the other day with Fitzgerald Hines trying to cut an AR-15 in half using some kind of machine. And the way that you hold up this thing and everybody clap on them thing. People just follow politicians or something else. No, everybody clap in this big way. Like, hey, you just use a saw and cut a gun. Okay, Ray, that's a, that's a big thing. And he holds up like this triumph. I thought his illegal guns, them cutting me, and realize a destruction exercise for obsolete and unserviceable vehicle uh, weapons. And I guess, well, yeah, some of them confiscated, I guess. So they had to destroy them. The ceremony, ceremony also marked the signing of the MOU between CARICOM Impacts and the Mines Adversary Group, Advisory Group, sorry, on the framework of, of the destruction of weapons and fire explosives in, in the region. Referring to the Prime Minister's announcement that crime will be treated as a public health emergency, Heinz went further, saying, like, TNT's response to the COVID-19 pandemic, a prolonged approach involving different agencies was needed. He goes on to say, a view that is now shared by the government of Trinidad Tobago, and certainly the government of Jamaica, that crime and criminality, the crisis that we face must not now be seen as it is probably should have been a long time. I say that wrong, right? But you understand what I mean? As a public health issue. Now, the thing about COVID, when COVID was a public health issue, we had a minister of health crying every day. I mean, on TV every day, making announcements, telling us how many people passed, what kind of comorbidities they had, and so on. We had a CMO who went on to be a 
order the Republic of Trinidad to be go holder on TV every day, explaining to us what is happening, what we should do, how we should take precaution. Since this announcement of crime being treated as a public health issue, I have to say that I've seen very little that would tell me that this is a public health crisis. At least if I'm if I'm to compare it to what was happening during COVID and how seriously we took that. I don't see anywhere near that kind of approach where crime is concerned. So the home invasions going up, the robberies going up, the uh, murders. So you could be, again, in public spaces in broad daylight and shot firing and people dying. That is that is chaos and anarchy in a society, if you ask me. And if you say you're going to treat it as a public health issue, well, treat it like a public health issue. Be in touch with us all the time. Say what it is. But I guess there's no benefit to doing that. There seems to be a lot of benefit to being present every day where COVID is concerned. And when I say benefit, we see politicians, when I say benefit, I usually not talking about benefit to the people. You know. There seems to have been a lot of benefit for the uh, politicians themselves because I guess Terrence Dielsen going there facing questions every day about a crisis that was not his doing or, or maybe even not his responsibility. The whole world seen us going through this, but... I don't know if they want to come and face the public or face the media every day to talk about crime that they're supposed to have measures in place for to try to fix, according to your manifesto on one of the reasons that you were elected and re-elected. But anyway, talking about election and re-election. PNM is making moves. So PNM, what is called this now? Local, I want to say local government elections. What is called this again? Internal elections is afoot. And the PNM is moving fast ahead to ensure that you have brand new representatives to love hate over the next five years when they get re-elected according to them, right? And I remember distinctly Dr. Rowley saying that this is his last term as prime minister and he will be stepping down, win or lose, whatever is to happen. He moving aside from the politics or at least from the leadership of the country come 2025. He has, however, put himself back in the ring <laughs> to be political leader of the PNM once again. Now, I don't know if it means that if P- it could well be that he's political leader going back into this election. But if they win, somebody else will be appointed prime minister. I can tell you who's not going to be appointed prime minister is Karen University Share, who has decided to go against Dr. Rowley. Boy, <laughs> I, I, listen. See, Karen University share. This is a strange one for me. I don't know if people who follow the politics more might know more about this or why she running or where she come out from. But she is putting her hat in the ring <laughs> as an option for PNM leadership. Now, I, I I don't know if people remember who Karen University Shera is <laughs> or what she was made famous for. In, in, in the not-too-distant past, there was a company by the name of Clico and the CIB, who just recently, I see an article with the, with, the, with the central bank saying, no, after how much years, they finally completely out of Clico, if I read right about that, right? But there was this big issue that happened that within weeks before CIB closed down, Karen Nunes got all her money out of there, while other people were left to suffer to be able to get back the money from a company that was basically being, not in dissolution, but being taken over by the government for, for, for what is called that, austerity measures. They, they basically uh, saved the company 
or decided to bail out the company but take control of it, which means that many, many people would have had their pensions and click order deposits and CIB would have problems getting back their money, but not the great Karen Nunes Tishero. And this is why she has my support for leadership, because she knows how to get out of tight situations and how to strategize and think maybe better than anybody else. But anyway, we're going from the news day. Uh, this is by Clint Chantak. Former PNM government minister Karen Nunes says her decision to challenge the prime minister, her former cabinet colleague and friend for leadership of the party, was not an easy one. But she believes that she has no other choice because of the challenges facing the people of Trinidad Tobago today. <laughs> Newsday spoke with her on Sunday after she interviewed on Saturday evening at 95.9. That's a radio station. She told the host that she was challenging Dr. Rowley for the leadership for, for the post of political leader in the party's election on December 4th. Uh, she's eligible to be a candidate in the election as she's a lifetime member of the party. On why she chose to do so, she said it was not too different from what happened in 1997 when Rowley challenged the then PNM political leader Patrick Manning for party leadership. Rowley's challenge to Manning after happened after Manning lost the 1995 general election. Manning retained his post in 97, but eventually Rowley was there. Nurse Sherrill also recalled that Rowley challenged Manning's leadership as prime minister after he was fired from the cabinet in 2008 after raising questions about corruption at Unicot. In both cases, Nurse Sherrill said, I can't recall anyone challenging his commitment to the party. What? <laughs> which it was anyone challenging for PNM's leadership is not someone who is opposed to the PNM. Uh, listen, <laughs> a share rollers work all this out. Them decide that, well, all right, with Hata has some kind of challenge, you know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't want to go up like unopposed. So here, what you go run and we know you go lost. There was a post on Instagram now, not seeing now where they asked her outright. <laughs> if she feels she have a chance, and she stopped just short of saying she have no chance. Like, as you know what I mean? A snow cone in hell. She stopped just short of saying I have no chance. And I don't know why exactly I'm doing this, but I'm doing it anyway. I see she a great Dr. Butcher right next to her. I, 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 I'm not sure what happened to that, but um, this will soon be forgotten. It's almost like this too shall pass because I'm not sure what, why, why she's... Here's an odd one. I saw Maxine Richards going up for a post. She said that post was vacant. Um... One of the things that I want to play for you here, right? I want you to listen to this carefully. This is Nyan Gadsby Dolly leaving the office after filing her papers. Hear this, right? No, here no. She just filed her papers, you know, and she leaving the place where she filed her papers. And we're hearing is the voice of several PNM supporters waving flags. I don't know if to call them PNM supporters or Nan Gatsby Dolly supporters or both. We, and I trying to figure like these people are done to do when they come. What, what, what is all your work? <laughs> how in the middle of a day on a Monday, nonetheless, how you are time to go out there and wave like the price of gas and gone up for your coal pot and burning over. What is going on home by you? That you could leave where you're doing on Monday. You know on the clock? Oh, this is the clock? They're getting paid to be there? And come and wave PNM flag for, 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 for people who come to file their papers. And while she walking out, they walking out waving flag behind her. Listen, I could ever support politics and them things. I don't understand politics well enough. But these kind of foolishnesses make me wonder what the hell is going on where politics is concerned. But we'll keep our eye on the PNM internal elections because, of course, that affects us nationally. And let me see what um 
Let me see what become of it. You expect anything to change? I don't know. In other news, FIFA is satisfied with TTFA's audited financial statements. <laughs> hey, or let a free Jack Warner, you know. Or like just, just go by Jack Warner and free him. Do not extradite him for nothing. Do not send this man to jail. <laughs> because these men have the audacity to say audited for now. Who ordered this? I want to see what firm ordered this, you know, because they ain't, they ain't saying clearly. Is it PricewaterhouseCoopers? Is it Ernst & Young? I've, I've several people who listen to this podcast in account, and I'll call them my name, Karen Etienne, Andrew Burton, Hanks. These fellas, big, big accountants. Were you all involved in this audit of TTFA. What is saying? AGs? <laughs> At an annual general meeting on September 21st, the controversial home of football in Balmain, Coover, Karen Edwards, president of the Eastern Football Association, received tremendous support in delaying the approval of the audited financials based on five main reasons, such as erroneous reporting, unauthorized removal of fixed assets, presentation of financial statements in an environment of bankruptcy and insolvency, neglected disclosure to financial statements, and increased debt under the Normalization Committee. So, a man here trying to fight the thing, but FIFA say, here what's going on? This good. <laughs> FIFA say, here what is this scene? You see these statements we have here? Bravo. Good job. We have everything sorted out where it is concerned. Listen. You see, these kind of organizations, something where one or two men become the fall guys for this thing, nothing ain't changing FIFA. All now, we don't know who win the World Cup already in any given year, but FIFA went and gave the World Cup to a country where it's hot like hell, literally. <laughs> and we had to wait until end of November to start seeing World Cup games where it's at least a little bit cool. It's affecting all the football going around the world in all the regions. Had to make a pause for an international break that would have never come in any other year before. But that, that is FIFA for your money. And these fellas undefeated. Undefeated and undefeatable. So apparently TTFA is in, in the clear as far as FIFA is concerned at least. And they audited financials checking off. <laughs> so there was no wrongdoing. Exonerate these people. Clear the name of David John Williams. Clear the name of Jack Warner. Let these people, let these people be free to travel and live. Now, I go and get out of here. You know, it's almost my time. My time is up. But as we on sports news, I would like to finish with my favorite explainer of all time. The man says he's selfie was singing about him. <laughs>
better get married to a horse. Yes, I want a divorce. Monday to Sunday, you clean horse. Tickety, tickety. Explainer the Winston Henry. Legend, right? So I'll leave it all there, you know, for this episode. All who say they like Calypso and thing, all there plenty Calypso in this episode. There's some you might know, some you might not know, but continue to check out the catalogue of the great explainer because the little I do in a little hour here could never explain how great this man was in Calypso and how much he do to change the tone of Calypso and, ch- and, and lead to where all of us are today who doing anything related to this genre or this culture. So salute and rest in peace to the great explainer. And as for y'all, take your time this week. Stay, stay safe, stay dry, there's plenty rain. Stay safe on your roads too so that you're feeling good and you're reaching home safe. I will talk to you all in next week.